Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life. And for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In today's episode, we're going to be talking with the founder of a sales training firm who's also an author and a podcast host. If there's one area that most of us could improve upon, it's sales. But first, let's hear from our show sponsors, JAK CPAs and Sunbelt Business Advisors. For business owners, it can be overwhelming to start planning a transition or exit strategy, but it's so important to avoid unwanted outcomes and unexpected tax bills. The CPAs at JAK, John A. Knutson & Company, can guide you and help make sense of the numbers. Our firm was established over 90 years ago, and we've assisted countless companies with ownership transitions. Leaving your business is a process that takes time. So contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at jakcpa.com. That's jakcpa.com. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Scott Plum, founder and president of the Minnesota Sales Institute. Scott has over 35 years of experience in sales, training, coaching, and consulting. He's also an author of two books, hosts his own podcast show, and I've been wanting him to be on the show for a long time. So, Scott, at long last, welcome to Poise Thank for you. Exit. Thanks for having me. My yeah. goal is that this episode is in the top 10 for the year, and people <laughs> want to download it and share it and listen to it more than once because the content that I have is so new, it's so relevant, that not even Oprah knows about it. It's, well, it's that new. That's fantastic because I think everybody out there needs to know more about how to sell more. Everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Right? Yeah, yeah right. I'm looking forward to it. So before we start talking about all of your infinite wisdom, let's just share with people a little bit about how you got started. Like, why did you choose the sales path? How did that happen? Oh, yeah. I, 1987 is when I started selling, and it started in real estate and uh, ended up going through many different years of different jobs, different transitions. And then I got into taking an assessment, and I found that I do really, really well with uh, my the results where you, you'll be a, a teacher, a, a consultant, a coach, or a school bus driver. And <laughs> I've got a twilight career, as long as I can still see, being a school bus driver, because they're always looking for school bus drivers. But I really <laughs> like to concentrate on the training, the development, the coaching, the consulting, and really love working with salespeople. Mm. I, it's my history, and it's my, mm -hmm. my passion. Really, it's my gift. 
Yes, it definitely is. I know that it is, and I know that you are known by many people, not just oh, in yeah. the you know Midwest, but all across the country. So when we talk about sales, I mean, gosh, you know, as as an exit planner, this conversation does come up every now and then with some of the companies that I work with because if sales are flat or you know uh, revenues dropping, then we have to kind of point back to, okay, well, what's going on with sales, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. So what would you say is one of the biggest challenges that you hear from friends and people that are in sales, especially when it comes to, you know, you got these, I just actually had a meeting this morning with a client. They were talking about the leads that were coming in and mm. why they were not converting these leads. Mm-hmm. And, or they make a phone call, a first attempt, and then they don't get a return call. What, right. What's the story with that? Well, I, I find that a lot of reasons that that never happens is that there's no concentration on the topic of value, mm. on priorities. Salespeople don't ask enough questions to be able to uncover what's most valuable for a prospect. They don't know what the priorities are for the company. And there's no real exchange of information or content that's relevant. Mm. Too often, salespeople just focus on the solutions, and they're trained on product knowledge, but they're not trained on asking questions. And when they are asked questions... Sometimes the salespeople turn, turn into a student, like a teacher is asking them questions. So I just have to do a timeout and say, timeout, what are we, what are we doing here? When I listen to calls and, and, and coach them on calls, I said, you're not being tested here. Your goal as a salesperson is to educate, to influence, not educate, to teach. Mm. So when you get into a conversation with a prospect, exchange information, ask questions, focus on what their priorities are. And that is an area that is overlooked so much between a prospect and a salesperson. And salespeople are, are trained, you know, they're, they're trained like, you know, we, we're, we're different than this. You know, this, this is what makes us different, our differentiating value. Mm-hmm. And different is not better. You know, mm-hmm. different is, is something that's different. And what happens if you're giving up something that they want and it's different and they're losing something that they enjoy, that they find valuable? Focus on what's most important, not mm-hmm. what's different. And what's most important is based on the priorities and the value that the company has. So how do you dig down? How do you get to that what's most important? You have to really practice active listening. You need to have a little bit of a process of getting from intellectual questions to emotional questions. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for salespeople to ask the intellectual questions, gather information, and then jump right to a solution. You jump right to a solution and you don't understand the motivation as to why somebody would want to change. You don't understand what they've tried in the past and what hasn't worked because you don't want to subscribe something that hasn't worked because mm-hmm. it's your solution. You want to be able to find out their motivation. I'm kind of curious. Why did you want to pursue this now? What's most important to you now where you would want to make a change? What do you hope that this is going to accomplish when it gets implemented? And focus on the impact of the solution and the results of your solution. So when you're doing your sales training, are you working with companies who are primarily in the services business, or is it product and service? It's both, and sometimes these days it becomes a little bit of a hybrid. So there's always sure. products, and sure. then there's service. Uh, we just focus on products. Sometimes we get into commoditization, and we don't do the value added, which is the service. So it's mm-hmm. a combination of both. But it's, it, it's really leveraging that conversation to be able to deliver the value and 
focus on the relationship to get more referrals. I, I mean, referrals is something that's so overlooked in conversations. Every time a salesperson has a conversation with a prospect, they should say, I really enjoyed our time together. I really want to be able to talk with more people like you. I bet you hang around more people like you. Who do you know you'd feel comfortable introducing me to? And we can have the same kind of conversation with them as you and I are having. That'd be wonderful. I mean, if you found one prospect for every customer you had, you'd double your business in one year. I mean, it sounds simple. It takes work, but you need to be focused on that too. That is a simple approach, but I, like you said, it is mostly one of those that's overlooked, right? Yeah, it is. Um, and then how, how about like that sales conversation? When, when mm, you're having a really mm-hmm. good conversation, what happens when it ends? Or how does it end? How, how would it end quickly? Like what could yeah. I do wrong in order for it to end quickly? Here's one thing that I think salespeople do, and it's very common to cause a conversation to be very short with the prospect once you get them on the phone is salespeople are assumptive. They're assumptive Mm. in thinking that everybody has a problem. When they should be asking the question, when they first get somebody on the phone, and they say, here's what we focus on. I don't want to assume you have a problem in this area, that you even need my help. Is it okay if I ask you a few questions? And in most cases, a prospect is going to say, sure, because you don't sound like a salesperson. You sound like somebody who might have some information relevant to their business, Mm -hmm. and they're going to want to have that conversation. Another thing is control. Prospects want to maintain control in the conversation. They maintain control by information. When we don't have trust and rapport, we're not getting information, we cannot deliver the most relevant solution that's applicable to the prospect's goal or problem or priorities. And when we don't have that trust and and, and rapport, we don't get honest answers because prospects will always put themselves in the best light. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have trust and rapport, you're not going to get honest answers. And, and we also need to work on a conflict of ideas. Creativity comes through a conflict of ideas. And conflict is something that people are very adverse to. They don't want to mm-hmm. engage in conflict. But conflict is two people in the pursuit of truth. It's not your way. It's not my way. It's a better way. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, a salesperson and a prospect can come up with a genius solution that everybody wins on. But you need to be able to share control, and you cannot be assumptive. And that, that's why I really want to have a theme when I work with salespeople is stop helping people. Start working with them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we help people, we enable them not to do anything. Mm-hmm. And if we don't challenge them, we don't change them. People hate change, but we don't challenge them. So we need to be able to engage in a conflict of ideas, a conflict in, 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 in solutions, and to be able to work on overlapping the two so that we get a desired outcome that everybody wants. So when you're working with somebody and you're not helping them, it's a common goal and a mutual commitment. I describe a salesperson as a person that has an impact on the experience and an influence in the outcome. Mm. That's a salesperson. And when we think about that definition, all of us are salespeople. Yes. Everybody in a conversation with somebody that they care about, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a salesperson. Influence on the, uh, on the experience uh, or impact on the experience, influence on the outcome. And so w- when it comes to the conflict, we, I liked what you mm. talked about with that because we do avoid that by nature as human beings, but it can be very healthy. Um, perhaps you have like an example that you could share mm. of, of how you've implemented some of these strategies and what happened. Yeah, yeah. I believe that there's two types of salespeople out there. There are ones that love selling, and there are ones that love what they sell. And I did some work with a company who hired a student out of college, and there wasn't really a lot of ambition in the product knowledge. They didn't 
want to learn outside of company time? How often is this? I mean, I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious. I meet with a salesperson. I said, who are some of the sales authors that has had the biggest impact on you? Well, I don't really read sales books. Okay. What podcast do you listen to? Well, I really don't. What webinars? What blogs? I, I don't really, you know. And then I say, well, we might talk about a few books that I think would be advantageous in the situation. And they say, well, can I read them on company time? I go, huh? You read them in the evenings. You read them on the weekends. You know mm. you don't read them on company time. Mm. So we're not developing a product knowledge. And product mm. knowledge is important. Yeah. But also, you got to love selling. I mean, it needs to mm. be a desire. You love selling. So the two types of people love what you sell or love selling. And that's product knowledge, and it's the commitment to the skill and the profession of sales. When you get two people or you get a person that doesn't represent either one of those, it ain't going to end very well. Right. And uh, and then another one is don't hire anybody that walks slow. I tell you, if if they walk slow, there's not an ambition, there's not an urgency. I always walk like I got to get there right now and there's a pace and a cadence that I walk and I I want to get there. It's not because I'm late, <laughs> it's because I want to get there. I can relate so, to that. Yeah, don't hire anybody that walks slow. But That's I, a good observation. Yeah, I've never thought of that yeah, before, but yeah. But, you know, and sometimes you know people get really consumed with a resume and they don't look at are you committed to developing expertise? How do you feel about the sense of achievement? What accomplishments have you had? What judgment do you have? Mm. Judgment is so difficult to teach. If people don't have good judgment, you don't know how to make good time trades. Mm-hmm. A salesperson has got to trade their time every single day with every opportunity to either commit to a goal or, or subvert to a distraction. Yes. And, and it's so easy for salespeople to get distracted. This is why they want to go back to the office. Hey, man, I love working at home because I can be distracted and nobody's watching me. <laughs> and it's like, okay. <laughs> I talked to one salesperson this morning, and, and they said, I have a problem with, uh, you know, allocating time and getting stuff done. And I said, that's because you don't understand what the goal is every single day and you're not committed to the goal. And you're tempted to all these distractions when we need to be focused on the goal. Give me your take on your interpretation of the difference between sales and business development. Oh, it's a conceptual issue first. Yeah. Is, well, you know, I didn't go to college to become a salesperson. Mm -hmm. I went to college to, you know, practice this or that and the other thing. So I don't want to be a salesperson. Well, it's, it, it, it's a sales job in that you have to go out and talk to people that you don't know. You can call it anything you want, mm-hmm. but you need to be able to have the activity is every day I have to get up and talk to people that I don't know. And actually do something about it. So there's action behind getting to yeah. know people that you don't know, right? And that's the Some people are professional visitors, yeah. right? Oh, geez. <laughs> High need for approval. Salespeople <laughs> just want to be liked, you know? And the, I want to come in and help you. I want you to like me so yeah. I can, uh, you know, I can feel better about myself. I mean, get a dog. Um, <laughs> really commit to overcoming that high need for approval. I mean, people seek validation and vindication, and they want the customers to validate the salesperson. Mm -hmm. And the salesperson wants to be liked, and they're trained. People like to do business with people that they like that are like them. And that was from 1977. The market has changed, and we can't continue to sacrifice respect when we have a high need for approval. And when you don't challenge customers or prospects, you don't change them. And you can't go in to a customer or prospect wanting to be liked. They're not going to have any respect for you. You need to challenge them. Yeah, I agree 100%. And and you definitely want to empathize, like you said, to kind of approach it from the emotional standpoint because that's how people buy, right? Exactly, exactly. So when we talk about sales uh, training mm-hmm. um, and, and when it's time for a company to actually invest in that, yeah. I mean, it would seem to me that with 
you know, all the talk about a possible recession um, and some signs of it that some business owners would look at that and go, okay, well, that's an opportunity for us to really sharpen our mm. our saw, right? Mm-hmm. To really um, take a look at how well our team is doing because we can't afford to have, you know, the numbers go down. We want them to go up, and there's ways to make that do that happen, right, right. right? If they have the proper training, so let's talk about that. Yeah, I think the first step is to believe that um, you have the right people. If you don't have the right people fire them and find them. I mean, you really need to set them free. Release them into the industry and let mm-hmm. them and let them go forth. Do you help with recruiting, by the way, for I, sales? I, I help with interviewing. Okay. And, oh, good. And good. once somebody says, you know, here are my candidates, you know, I work with them on a job description and set, you know, expectations, mm-hmm. how are we going to measure their performance, et cetera. So we hire the right people. We onboard them. We believe that there's more opportunities in the marketplace. We believe that we've got a competitive value proposition. Yeah. And and then we want to be able to train our salespeople to go out and convert those opportunities into income, to start more conversations, because that's where the new business comes from. That's where the new revenue comes from. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to convert conversations to income in, in doing that. And there's training and there's trying. I mean, so often I, I talk with business owners or sales managers and they say, well, we've raised everybody's quota 12% for the next year. I said, oh, okay, good. So what investments are you making to give them the tools and, and, and training and techniques to be able to increase that revenue? Well, nothing. I said, okay, so you're basically telling them that they didn't do 12% of the work the year before and you want them to <laughs> change and get be more efficient, yes. but we're not going to invest in them. Well, what happens if they leave? Well, what happens if they stay? Right. You know, this great resignation, <laughs> yes. everybody thinks that that people are quitting and leaving the company. No, they're quitting and staying. Yes. Because so many business owners say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's better than nothing. And it's like, no, it's not. It's no. not better than nothing no, because not. it creates a low standard because you don't want to create accountability. You don't want to create consequences if somebody doesn't meet their, their performance goals. And then it creates that cancer. And, and, and a culture is defined by what leadership is willing to tolerate. Mm. And they tolerate it. They do. Uh, ben Utech, you know, the, the Super Bowl champion, he says, mm-hmm. you know, culture is either by default or design. Yes. But business owners don't want to lose people, so they don't get in, in, into conflict, and then they don't make them accountable to the results, and, and now we've got very low standards. Yes. And, and I, I work with sales teams on creating collaborative and committed teams and individuals, but the leaders have got to be in the room. I mean, when you talk about past experiences, I worked with one company. I did work for three months best quarter of the year while I was working with them. I don't mean to brag, but it's the best quarter of the year. Mm. They called me two months or two years later and they said, hey, Scott, can you come back? We need a little bit of refresher team because sales are starting to decline. I'm like, well, what happened? And then I thought about it. I'm like, leadership was not in the room. Mm. You sent me, I got sendees. You sent me your sales team and you wanted me to fix them and you wanted me to train them, but you didn't want to change the culture in the company. Right. And then the leadership started accepting low standards because they weren't in the room, they couldn't apply anything different to get a better result, and it just reverted right back to the way it was before I came in. Sure. It's so sad to see. It is really sad. So you had to start all over with that team. Yeah, huh? a little refresher, and some people were bored, and mm. and some people go, wow, this is really good. And I'm like, this is the same stuff we covered two years ago. You, yeah. you just never applied it, so you yes. never retained it. Yes, exactly. So what should the these sales teams be training their people on? Yeah, great question. Uh, I, I think one thing that is, is really overlooked in sales training is uncovering beliefs. 
Mm. And I I was coaching one salesperson That's and a big they one. left a message and I'm going, would you, uh, the message was kind of weak. Would you call you back? And they said, well, I don't know. I said, well, what? Okay, let's get serious here. Would you call you back on that message? And they said, well, I don't believe that voicemail messages work because I never listen to my voicemail messages. Like, well, bingo, <laughs> bingo, we hit it, we got it. You don't believe in voicemails. So what's your behavior going to be? I don't believe in voicemails, so I'm not going to commit to voicemails. And, and now, so it's beliefs and behaviors, and that's the coaching and the training. And then it's also the goals and objectives. Mm. So that's leading and managing when we get into that step. And then it's the results and the referrals. And now we're getting into directing and producing. Mm. And, and when it comes to working with salespeople, I believe that the leadership has got, there's two types of leaders that I found. There are leaders that create better followers, mm-hmm. and there are leaders that create better leaders. Mm. And, okay. And, and, and Speak we need, to that for We a need second. more leaders that want to inspire people to become better leaders, not creating them to be more loyal to you and your sure. way, and they can't do it without you. Got it. And, and, and that's enabling. Yeah. You see how that's helping? Mm-hmm. But in working with, you're launching people. I was just finishing reading the book Zero to One by Peter Thiel, founder of PayPal. There is a PayPal mafia. This is the originals in, the, in, in PayPal. They all became billionaires mm. because they worked with working together and creating better leaders within the company. Mm. There, there, there wasn't anybody that was unsuccessful that worked mm. in the early days of PayPal, but a fabulous book, uh, Zero to One. Zero to One. I am going to have to read that one. I have not read that book. That sounds really good. So let's talk about what sales teams struggle with. I know they do struggle with goals. Um, you know, sometimes goals is just a word that people don't even like to say or yeah. or apply, right? Because, I don't know, I've heard it said, um, many times when just just in general, not necessarily just salespeople, but well, if I set goals, what if I don't reach them? Mm, right. Yeah. So does that mean that that's a personal slam that you're, you know, against yourself, or you know, where does that come from? And what kind of I'm, I'm just under, trying it, to understand it's, that. It's our internal system of being in a comfort zone. We gravitate towards complacency, mm. and if if we don't challenge ourselves, we don't change ourselves either. So if we don't set a goal, then any outcome will do. And, mm-hmm. and, and we become very reactionary in, instead of being proactive. Yes. And sometimes this comes from a, a childhood. I, I was a, a childhood. We were broke. I mean, I had a survivor's mentality for, mm-hmm. for my childhood. And I still see remnants of that as an adult mm-hmm. over 50 I still see remnants of that. So sometimes those experiences that define our beliefs that have influence on our behavior still live in us yes. as, as, as adults. Yes. We're, we're like inner child in, mm-hmm. in doing that. And that's, that's one area that we need to be very, very conscious of mm-hmm. is what are our beliefs that have, how that impacts our behavior. Well, you and I are both old as child. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we have those, those high, extra high standards, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you were exactly. going to say something about my book. You got it in your I, hand. I do. I was looking through it, and I'm like, gosh, there are so many things in here that are so relevant. I love this part in Chapter 2 on page 13, where companies are attempting to save a dime will cause you to spend a dollar and not getting uh, the, the proper competent advice. Yeah. And I think this is really important when companies want to work with bringing somebody in to elevate the team. Right. When you talked about, well, I want to raise their quotas by 12%. Well, what are you going to do in order to do that? And, and you cannot raise revenue 
by cutting expenses. No. And and how often is that thinking applied? Or they cut marketing, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and pay jo- pay bonuses just because. Right. Yeah. I mean, in, in your yeah. work on working with a business of mm-hmm. exiting, and I mean, when should you start doing that? As soon as you start, <laughs> mm-hmm. start the business. Mm-hmm. How, what's the exit strategy? And think about how you want to invest in a business that's scalable that is going to maximize the exit. And I, I just see it so often when I work with businesses about how do we really focus on creating the best culture that's going to create the best results, and it's investing in the sales team and it's investing in the people. The people are, are the business. They are, especially nowadays. I mean, I don't know if you follow, you know, what the latest and greatest in valuation is, but so many valuations now are um, heavily weighted on the key people and the value of the team. Um, so it's really super important, not just the, the operations team, right. But the sales mm-hmm. team, I mean, when we hire salespeople, we don't want to just print business cards and tell them to right. go sell something, yeah, yeah. which is what a lot of times happens, unfortunately. And then they can't figure out why they're not selling. So, um, I think to wrap up then, I think it would be good for us to just talk about what's the best way to get a hold of you. Do you have a couple of key takeaways you can share with our listening audience? That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I always welcome calls. I answer my phone when machines and people call me. You and, do. <laughs> I do. Uh, and I go, this is a great opportunity for me to start a conversation and for me to challenge a salesperson if they're trying to sell me something. But most often it's a machine. But I love answering the phone because I love talking to people that I don't know. My phone number is 612-789-5700. Website Wonderful. is mnsales.com. And my email address is on the first page. So right. if you want to communicate that way. Um, we can do that too. Definitely. We will put those in the show notes. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us. Please do review and subscribe. Follow us at poisedforexit.com on LinkedIn, as well as on the website, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're all out there. So we appreciate you following us and join us again next time. Thanks.